Welcome to the Supplier Diversity and Inclusion Podcast by FIPS Consulting. In this podcast, I speak with international guests who share their experience on supplier diversity and inclusion. Today, I speak with Jason Roberts, who is the founder and chief exec of Kaleida. Jason, I'm so glad you're my guest today. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Andrea. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. I'm excited to have this conversation, actually. I think the story around supply diversity continues to grow and gather momentum. So kind of, you know, really uh, feel pleasure to be able to share this experience and uh, the background story with your audience and to continue to push supply diversity across Europe and the UK. Cool. Uh, so maybe you want to start with uh, telling me what is Kaleida? Yeah, so so Kaleida International, uh, look, to, to understand a bit about what we are today, we have to understand the backstory of what my experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent 23 years working within financial services, and that was yeah. 11 years working within investment banks, then about 12 or so years selling technology back to banks, uh, asset managers, hedge funds. Mm-hmm. And I found that in that arena, in the sales space, whenever I walked into a room to sell my employer's product or service, there was never any representation in that room. There was never anyone of ethnic minority who was making executive decisions, certainly no mm-hmm. women who were in there sitting mm-hmm. behind the seat, the exec seat and, uh, you know, making those buying decisions. Mm-hmm. And certainly no one who was visibly disabled. So when you think about mm. um, the representatives of those selling organizations and when they walk into those rooms, who do they send, who do they employ and who do they send to sell their products? When there's a lack of representation in those rooms, it can make the selling process very difficult. Yeah. Ultimately, an unconscious bias can occur, mm-hmm. and then also an affinity bias if people don't feel that there's any affinity between the person that they're set that they're buying for, who's been sold, who's selling the products. And so, I wanted to create a platform, having experienced that level of unconscious bias, I wanted to create a platform that would essentially connect corporate buyers to suppliers, giving the buyers the opportunity to find the businesses that are typically marginalised. Um, based on the, the founder's um, diversity. Mm-hmm. So today, Collider is a fully inclusive B2B marketplace for tenders. We essentially help the corporate organizations, the buyers, find, identify, assess, and then invite diverse suppliers to tender all within 10 seconds. Hmm. That, that sounds like a, a great tool. So, but when did you start Kaleida? Was it, uh, it's, it's a pretty new thing, um, in, in Europe, right? Yeah. So, so, so when I, Kaleida started, interestingly, I started to build the platform during the lockdown in COVID. So I incorporated the company in 2019 and wrote what's called a statement of work to help to understand what the platform should do and where every mm-hmm. button should go and what every functionality, piece of functionality should be. Uh, and I began to, I got a team in India to to code the platform for me. So mm-hmm. it's a completely proprietary uh, service. Um, and then we launched officially in January 2021. Mm-hmm. Now, we were meant to launch with a large global organization. Unfortunately, due to lockdown, that happened again, I think the 2nd or 3rd of January that year, the mm-hmm. company pulled out. But since then, we've grown to be a significant force in the space of supply diversity because of our approach to um, to tackling the challenges that corporate organizations face. So we launched officially January 2021. And the funny thing is, it all occurred because of a confluence of events that's happened in society recently. If you yeah. think back, we had George Floyd's murder. We've got Whitney Wolf Heard becoming a self-made billionaire, a female founder. Mm-hmm. 
you've got the rainbow movement covering tra- um, traction and popularity and all these communities are are represented by individuals who experience discrimination who experience prejudice who experience right. conscious and unconscious bias and yeah. so we launched at the right time when these those these events all culminated in a real focus and growth in the mm-hmm. interests in dni or edni and right. as a result businesses who began to deal with unconscious bias within their organizations and their staff and their employees wanted to extend that to uh, to their supply chain as well so we launched fortunately at the right time, but unfortunately due to some terrible events that have happened in society as well. Yeah. So what what are the biggest challenges that you face with with your company? Challenges. Well, you know, we're in a really really green field. We're in a great place. There's very <laughs> little competition out there for us. So challenges mm-hmm. is quite hard to say. There are obviously personal development challenges when trying to build a global business mm-hmm. across the EMEA territory. But simply, I think what we, I would say that there's, uh, like I say, it's a great time to be here, but there's an education to, um, to be taught and spread and evangelized about to suppliers and to, to individuals. So the employees, the procurement individuals who run and execute these programs, they need to be under, understand the purpose of supply diversity, the benefits. Um, they have need to understand that it's a difference between supply diversity and ED&I or uh, mm-hmm. equality, diversity, inclusion. So there's a differentiation they need to make there. Um, but also the suppliers themselves need to understand that no one is being bought or no one's services are being bought because they are diverse. There's a competency component first. Right. And after the competency comes the, the element of the identity, which is diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, but some suppliers still think to this day that they... Um, they're being chosen because they're black or because they're female or because they're LGBTQ plus. And that can right. sometimes create some resentment or hesitation in suppliers signing up, not just for Collider, but across the walks of the supply diversity um, community of non-governmental organizations as well. Yeah. Um, is Is it, you said before, um, especially in the UK, so is your tool mainly focusing on the UK or what's the geographical uh, reach that you have with, with Collider? Yeah, so we have a mandate to go where our corporate clients are based. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, we are currently really heavily focused on the UK market. Mm-hmm. We're a British, black-owned UK business. Yeah. Um, and we've got great traction here, which is growing on a daily basis. There's a lot of sign-ups uh, from suppliers, great conversations and buyers joining the platform as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an appetite to really expand over across to the European Union as well. Right. So yeah. what we've done is, as I mentioned, that Collider is designed to help corporates find, identify, assess diverse suppliers that they can invite mm-hmm. to tender. On the other hand, for the suppliers, we really focus on giving them access to opportunity. So yeah. in the platform, what you find are thousands of, of tenders and opportunities that are made available to the suppliers for both public and private sector tender, tender and opportunities. So we're able to spread across the European Union and give them access to public sector tenders at least uh, in, right now as we mm-hmm. continue to grow traction with our corporate clients who are on board as well. Hmm. Cool. So we're actually providing complementary services. You have the tool and I do the, the consulting piece. But Exactly. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a nice warm handshake, right? Right, right. So how... 
if I'm a corporate now, how does your membership work? Like, how can I get access to your tool? What do I have to do? So for corp for corporates, um, there it, it so look, it takes about two years from the start from the moment that we start a conversation with a corporate mm-hmm. for them to want for them to onboard the platform. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these organizations are just starting to supply diversity programs for the right. first time. Yeah. Historically, they would have maybe launched with a non government organization. We can talk about some of the challenges that exist with mm-hmm. that current um mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once they once a corporate subscribes to the platform, they have the ability to search the platform and then also push out opportunities and tenders that alert the suppliers directly based mm-hmm. on a sector specificity match. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a subscription uh, component to the platform, an annual subscription component to the platform for the corporates. As okay. is for the suppliers, mm-hmm. there's a monthly subscription to the platform as well for suppliers. So as a as a diverse small business myself, uh, I'm registered on your platform, and yes. um, but you have several different um, ways with in which you can register, right? So yes, can you so share we some have of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what we have is a gold, um, platinum, and diamond tiered service. Now the gold uh-huh. service that's great for businesses who are probably struggling to invest in a sales process maybe uh-huh. can't afford just the 47 pound a month subscription fee so it's very cheap and economical for a business um but they whilst they may not be able to afford that but they would like to be found by to buy buyers in the searches that buyers perform on the platform so uh-huh. that gold platform service allows them to do so they can also receive notifications when there's a, an opportunity but they have to subscribe to the platinum um uh, tier in order to access the opportunity so we are a revenue generating organization we're not a for we're not a non-for-profit business mm-hmm. um and like i said we spend a lot of time building the relationships with corporates who want to access suppliers quickly and efficiently right so you, you mentioned the others organizations and agencies in, in in europe before how do you stand out as collider so the best way to answer this question is you have to go back to the problem that's being solved, okay? And the problem being solved is diverse businesses, own founders, are not, do not have access to opportunity because of the unconscious bias that we talked about, mm-hmm. because of how it's compounded by affinity bias, and ultimately mm-hmm. because that, those two elements can create imposter syndrome within the, the buyer, the supplier themselves. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of the NGOs and the purpose of all these, of what we're doing is to help to create access to opportunity. Now, here's the challenge, though, for the corporates. The corporates, they've got to make a decision, okay? They can join, well, it's, it's either join all of the different advocacy groups, mm-hmm. right, or choose to select just one or two that they want to support. And by doing so, they are indirectly being discriminate, discriminatory, they are creating exclusive relationships and exclusive access to some communities by excluding others. Right. And in doing so, you create, you know, we always say that exclusive is not inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so whilst it's great that the NGO organizations do a great job to support their local communities and, um, and to help train those businesses that are, that relate right. to that diversity, we're never ever just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a black woman who's LGBTQ plus and disabled. She's mm-hmm. four diverse identities. Mm-hmm. So where does she register? Right. Right. Does she register at all four? How does she get access 
to the opportunities is she registers with, with a woman, with the women-owned uh, advocacy group, mm-hmm. but the corporate she wants to sell to is members of the ethnic minority um, NGO group. Right, and so right. to talk about differentiation, the corporates either have to join all these groups, which will cost them tens, well, maybe hundreds of thousands of, of pounds per year. Mm-hmm. Then when they get an opportunity, a tender or an opportunity, they've got to send that one tender to all different destinations, to We Connect, to MSD UK, to the LGBT um, uh, Out Britain, to all these different groups. Mm-hmm. All those groups have their own systems and services. So you've got to have 10 conversations about the opportunity, then get back 10 different types of data back. One's an email, one's a spreadsheet, one's a database, one's a post-it note. And the buyer has got to make a conscious decision of who they invite to participate in all that noise. It's right. too messy. So yeah. the way we differentiate ourselves is that we are fully inclusive. Um, that means that we allow our corporate ac- access to all diverse groups and they can focus on competency, not mm-hmm. on the diversity element. And that's very, very key, critical, um, crucial to how we differentiate ourselves. Right. As a fully inclusive group, no matter what your identity is, you have a place or a home in the Collider platform uh, because we cater to all. And that's from a cross-intersectionality cross perspective. Right. And it's also, it's, it's, your platform is not really for exclusively for diverse owned businesses. It's actually for any business um, out there. And then they can um, load their certificate if they have a certificate with MSC UK, for example. Um, but it's also a great solution, I would say, for, for companies which might be 50-50, right? Which might be 50% owned by somebody from the LGBTIQ community and a woman. Well, that, so this is the thing. My wife is a white woman, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm a black male. If mm-hmm. I was, if she, if we owned 50-50% of the company, we're not considered a diverse owned business. Right, right. Because the mandate suggests that you're meant to be 51%. And frankly, right. that is wrong. It's incorrect. It needs to be updated. Because there are so many people out there who don't, who are therefore denied access to opportunities. And then yeah. I must go back to the point of what we, why we exist. Mm. We exist to create access to opportunities for people who are marginalised. My wife walks home in fear as a female. She experiences discrimination when she was in the workplace. I, as a black male, have been marginalised as well. We both require help and support. If we right. were to own the business 50-50, we don't get access to those opportunities. And that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a mistake. Even um, though you, you're 100% diverse owned. <laughs> exactly. Or you be in that case. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So... You know, the differentiation is important, but I really must focus on the, on the piece around speed, okay? Mm-hmm. That process I described, where a corporate joins all the different advocacy groups in, a, in an attempt to do the right thing, mm-hmm. that process to source diverse suppliers can take between four to six weeks. Yeah. Right? In Collider, it takes 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so, from that perspective, it's really crucial that we continue to voice our fully inclusive approach because the whole purpose of this is to help the buyers spend as much money as they can with diverse suppliers. And the yeah. quicker they can get to them, the more that they can spend. So what I see is, it's just, you know, if, if you have a, a member fee for your, uh, for the, the small businesses or the diverse businesses, um, if they don't get any business out of, what do you say to that? Yeah, so look, you look I liken Collider to a data app. And mm-hmm. it would be remiss of someone to go onto a dating app, pay the joining fee and create a profile and expect to find the love of your life in the first week. It's just not going to happen, <laughs> right? 
Uh, well, it's hardly likely to happen. But in addition to that, you've also got the process of the sales process for a business. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're always selling across a target for the year, we get hundreds of thousands of opportunities in the platform that are loaded on a daily basis, uh, on a daily mm-hmm. basis, or sorry, an annual mm-hmm. basis, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's about 16,000 tenders on the platform today. Mm-hmm. So whether you win something, Collider can't solve that problem. But can we make you aware of an opportunity that you then decide to go for and win? That is then based on the competency of that business themselves. So, again, I really talk about where we're strong and what our purpose is, is access to opportunity. We can't influence any business winning an opportunity, winning a deal. Um, We've got some great case studies, but we can't influence it. What we can do is say, you never knew or had access to a John Lewis, to an Allianz, to a G4S, to a Commentary Building Society. You never knew how to call those guys or who to call. And therefore, what we've done is we've given you access to an opportunity that you never even knew existed in your mailbox every morning. Right. So it's it it can be an either or for a diverse business or it can be an add on to being already a member of uh, any of the advocacy groups um, where you also get access to many, many different corporates. Right. Yes. But here's the key thing. The corporates that we speak to understand through our consultancy approach when we take them on when we onboard them that supply diversity in the UK or Europe has no mandate. There's no legislation to support it. So this whole process of of requiring um, <clears throat> registration or certification mm-hmm. to prove you're black or you're a woman, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up to the US model, mm-hmm. which actually has the legislation to support right. it. So what we encourage is create access to opportunity, allow people to self-attest, so make a self-attestation statement as mm-hmm. to what their identity is, and then you as a business can decide if you want to work with them or not. Whether right. you operate with them under the umbrella of their diversity that they have self-attested to, mm-hmm. or you find a good business that is just great and work with them as a supplier, doesn't really matter. But it's right. all about creating access to opportunity. Right. How do the diverse businesses or the, the, the small businesses anyway find you? Oh, yeah, no, no. there's, there's an ethical approach. You know, we, we have no access to databases or systems for many of the other uh, non-governmental organisations. What we've done, though, is create a great um, brand awareness uh, of who we are and what we stand for. Mm-hmm. And so we're finding businesses are joining uh, suppliers, are joining Collider because they hear about us through social media, yeah. through LinkedIn, through Facebook, mm-hmm. through conversations at networks, etc. And that's mm-hmm. intriguing them to join the platform. They mm-hmm. all share a very common problem or, dare I say, uh, um, observation, which yeah. is, they don't want to have to pay to be proven that they are black or mm-hmm. female or LGBTQ plus. And so, yeah, from that perspective, that that's where, our, you know, the suppliers, they hear about us, they believe in our approach, and they're happy to pay the subscription fee because it gives them access to all those opportunities that are in the platform. Right. Can I ask you how big your network is? Like how many diverse or, or small businesses, how many uh, of these do you have in your tool? Yeah, so I'll probably answer the best way, which is we've got a strategic focus to try to get to around 10,000 suppliers in the next three years. Now, the way that we're going to be able to do that is we're getting more and more corporates joining the Collider platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and those corporates are helping to evangelize and spread the news about their desire to spend more diverse suppliers. Right. And that's attracting suppliers to actually register on the platform. Yep. So we're growing at a rate of knots at the moment. Um, by no means are we anywhere near uh, where we where we where we should be, 
mm-hmm. um, where we could be. But what's positive is that the corporates themselves believe in our vision and our dream. And I think by the end of next year, we should be close to 4,000 diverse suppliers. Wow. Okay. So uh, maybe another question. So what is the big difference or how do you differentiate your platform to a, for example, supplier IO or Gamefront or other tools that are out there? Um, I guess the, so it's really, we're, we're fully inclusive. We have tendered opportunities within the platform and we're the only fully inclusive B2B marketplace, I would say across the EMEA territory. So the UK and the European Union and, and Middle East and Africa. So from a fully inclusive perspective, whilst supply IO, I think they collect data, we publish opportunities in our platform to a fully inclusive audience. Um, the second thing I probably have to say is there's the, the speed of access to the platform. Our corporates can do one of two things. They can pull, um, have a pull workflow where they do a search by diversity and sector specificity and pull uh, suppliers into an opportunity that they publish, or they can simply load an opportunity and have that published to diverse suppliers based on that same sector match as well. Mm-hmm. So, that way they can reach, you know, maybe 50 or 60 or 100 diverse suppliers in one opportunity in 10 seconds. So that speed of access is what's really, really great. And for us as well, not necessarily differentiated between the likes of Supply IO. I saw that they recently launched a very similar tool to what we have had for a mm-hmm. while, is we also capture sustainability data as well. Yep. So the great thing about Collider is within 10 seconds, a corporate can say, I'm looking for a ethnic minority, woman-owned business mm-hmm. uh, that provides thing that's a butchers in mm-hmm. Bristol that is sustainable or has a carbon right. footprint certified. Mm-hmm. So those innovations that we're adding to the platform are differentiating us from everywhere else. And mm-hmm. with the fact that the corporates are really focusing on their scope three emissions, we're helping them really achieve the S, the E and the S component of the ESG agenda. You already do that with uh, with supplier diversity. That's supporting all three pillars, but you know, looking into sustainability, which is on on everybody's uh, agenda, probably. <laughs> yeah. Is is uh, is very cool. Well, look, so, a lot of a lot of businesses are actually waiting their tenders, for example, mm-hmm. by the sustainability component. Yeah. And so we've got a partnership with a company called Neutral Carbon Zone, who mm-hmm. actually performs certification. Um, for a firm's carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And it just allows a business to say, whilst we're going for this opportunity as a tender, we're also carbon neutral or carbon positive as well. Yeah. We're, so we're diverse. We can we have the competency um, check um, ticked and we're sustainable. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um, so you mentioned some um, case studies uh, that you have published. Is there anything that you can share on a on a success story, on a case study? Yeah, so look, we did a, a webinar recently um, with an organization who, this chap had built a business, um, and it's a really great way of performing security checks on people that's great for employers, for example, or people who are maybe are let in houses or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he found an opportunity, a public sector opportunity in the platform, actually, that was just right for him. Now, he was in that same kind of place where you and I have been, where mm-hmm. you're startups, you've got a great service and offering, but finding those business opportunities is quite difficult. You don't know who to call, or when you do call, no one returns your call. He was alerted to an opportunity in the platform, applied for it, and was awarded it. And even I spoke to him recently, the opportunity, the opportunity size continues to grow as well. So it's great for him as a small business. 
You didn't really have a sales process as such to be able to find this opportunity that you never knew existed before, apply for it, go through the process, and then actually win the opportunity. So that's a great one, one of our great case studies. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really tough for him. If I'm honest with you, um, he called me and was very emotional to say, look, Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for making this possible. If it wasn't for the kind of platform... Um, we would never have known about it, and then they would never have won it. And so he was he was emotional about it. I was emotional about it because it was a great story yeah. for him, uh, for him to, to be successful, keeping his lights on and uh, his staff. Yeah, totally. And that's the whole reason why why you did it, right? It's, exactly. It's creating these opportunities and creating these success stories. Correct. So we're already at the end. Unfortunately, oh, wow. it's uh, it, time went by so fast. But is there one last thought that you would like to share? Yeah, look, I, I, one last thought. If you think about it, a lot of people question the need for supply diversity. Mm-hmm. They think it's a, a tick box exercise. They don't understand the purpose or how mm-hmm. through a community, a small business that wins a deal can be life-changing for them. Right. They don't think that there's need, that they think that there's an inequality in supply diversity programs. You need mm-hmm. to help them understand this. The corporates spend typically about 4 to 5% of their annual spend with diverse suppliers. The rest is available to everyone in all these big businesses. Mm-hmm. But if you've been privileged all your life, that supply diversity uh, can feel like discrimination. So it's interesting that once we understand the purpose of supply diversity programs, which is to give access to opportunities to people who are marginalised, it's not about holding anyone else down. It's actually saying, let's try to level the playing field by creating opportunities to people who do experience marginalisation, discrimination and prejudice. So, you know, I encourage everyone to continue to invest in their supply diversity programs, in suppliers to join the platform and get access to these opportunities and grow their businesses. Um, and yeah, looking forward to what the next the next year holds. We've got, we've got a great plan for the year ahead. Some great events being launched as well, and some new businesses that have come on board that we're quite eager to announce. So so cool to hear, Jason. And I'm I'm glad you were guest on my podcast and hear yes. more about Kaleida. And I love your last thought about you know supplier diversity inclusion. It's no tickboxing exercise. And if you do, um have DEI efforts in your workforce, then there is no difference to also making sure that you include underrepresented groups in your supply chain. And as you said, it's no either or, it's a, it's providing a, a seat at the table. That's exactly, exactly that. Head the seat, walk in the door and, you know, throw, throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. Correct. So, Jason, thanks so much for giving insights into your platform, into Kaleida, and also sharing all other tips and hints. So yeah, no, you're very welcome. Look, it's great to be here. Thanks for, ha- yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. And uh, yeah, we'll con- together, I think together we can solve a, a great problem out there, which exists through your consultancy and our platform. Well, we'll do that. We'll do that. And I'm um, looking forward to our collaboration going forward. And um if you want to make your supply chain more inclusive or want to know more about Kaleida, reach out via phipsconsulting.com or phipsconsulting or LinkedIn, or you can also contact Jason directly. Listen in to my next episodes where I talk to more experts about supplier diversity and inclusion and the impact on their business. 
reach out if you have any inputs or topics around supplier diversity and inclusion you want me to talk about. Thanks much for listening and bye, Diverse Owned. Thank you.